Montana. And I'm Samantha. And you're listening to Reaper Tales. And today I'm going to tell Samantha about the murder of Judy Smith. But before we get started, Samantha, what are we drinking? I'm assuming this is a pick your poison because you didn't tell me. Um, yeah. And I certainly picked. Well, actually, no, I didn't pick my poison. My husband did. Um, so I have no idea what he put together for me, but it tastes good. Uh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a local favorite of mine. Um, it's OMB's Copper. It's a beer. Yeah. I think we get that every time I come into town. Yeah, uh, we do. It, it's definitely one of my, my top picks. But uh, yeah, again, uh, I'm bringing you another serious one, uh, an Unsolved. Uh, and this one is fucking bonks, man. Like... I hope you're ready. I don't think you are, but it's pretty crazy. I, I, I get to sit back and, and just react and drink, so I think I'll be all right. Yeah, this one, I just like, oh my God. it's It was between, because I have this one researched. I have another one researched that I was thinking about doing because we're so close to Valentine's Day, but I think I'm going to save it for our joint one next week, but you know, we'll talk about that afterward um and then i had a third one almost finished and like i was running late today this week has been fucking crazy for me and i was running late today and i was like i'm not gonna have time to finish that one and i was like you have judy smith finished why don't you go ahead and do it i was like fuck i'll go ahead and do it but i was gonna save it for like a when you visited in march oh okay it's it's a pretty wild ride but anyway before we get started my resources are uh, there are three different articles from mycitypaper.com that I pulled information from unsolved.com unsolvedmysteries.fandom.com journalnews.com and of course wikipedia of course (laughs) of course no judgment you judge me every day every single day (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I can't help it. It's just me. No. Yeah, I know. And we're recording again on a Thursday because, mm-hmm. again, just a wild week. What is life? Yeah. One day we'll actually tie down and stick with Tuesdays, but I don't know. Right. You know, I like to, I've been saying now for about a year and a half, when things calm down to my husband, and at this point he's just like, dude, this is just life now. <laughs> there is... There's not going to be a calm time. You no, might as well just not. stop waiting on that. <laughs> like this week. All right. Just to give everyone a brief update. Uh, this week, my dog was diagnosed with dementia. Um, I had my very first migraine yesterday, which is, I'm assuming it was a migraine. Welcome to the fold. Yeah. Which is like most God awfulest thing I've ever been through. And I'm so sorry, Samantha, that you get them so often. <laughs> And well, then, then, I don't anymore, thank goodness. But yeah, they're just for anybody who suffers from migraines. Yeah. Well, I had to go into work a lot this week too. Normally, I like work from home a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, those lights, man, the did not help. Yeah. Yesterday, I had to go in for like this very long meeting in this room where it was just bright fluorescent lights, and the whole and it was like a potluck, and the whole time I was just like 
trying not to barf. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, eat, eat, eat. I was like, I, I can't. I, That's the last thing I want to do right now. Please shut up. <laughs> <laughs> then I went home, I came home and I went to bed at like, what time was that? Five in the afternoon? Uh, was- yeah, because it was before we were going to. We were going to record at six my yeah. time. So yeah, that would have been about right. Yeah. And I slept on and off for the entire night. And this morning I woke up and I was like, I don't have a headache anymore, but I feel like there might be something still there. So I've been like, oh, please don't come back all day long. Uh, and and then I spilled like- a gallon of tea. Uh, yeah. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was Tuesday night. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just been, it's been fucking, it's crazy. And I spilled it all over like the shoe rack that we have. So I had to take the cushion off of the shoe rack and like, you can't like put that cushion into the washing machine. So I had to like rinse it off and like scrub it in the kitchen sink. And for some reason, when the wood inside of this cushion got wet, it smelled like seafood. (laughs) I still don't really understand that part. <laughs> I was but, like, oh, my, oh my god, this smells that so could have been though, That could have been the migraine coming on because I do notice that sometimes my sense of smell gets like really hyperactive and I'm really sensitive to things. So it that could have been part of it. Well, I would say maybe, but that wasn't just me because oh, <laughs> I, I <laughs> took mind. it. I then took it because then I couldn't put it in the dryer, so I stuck it in my office and I was using a blow dryer to try and dry it, which made the smell even worse. So when counsel came in, he was like, did you get seafood? (laughs) What did they have in that tea? (laughs) I have no idea. Maybe it's a good thing you spilled that tea. Yeah, I was just like when it spilled, Tugger, my little dog, he was like, "Oh yay!" And I was like, "No," I, I, as if you have a big dog. Yeah, all true. I put the dogs outside. I didn't even clean it up. First thing I went and did it was get a glass of wine and then just stare at it for five minutes like a mess, <laughs> as you do, as it leaped across the entryway. <laughs> so that was my week. How was your week? Yeah, um, not that. That was that was kind of my week the week before when it was my turn to do the recording. Um, this week's just been a lot at, with work. So it's, it's just been going, 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 going. Oh, um, and you've I, got other things going on too. Yeah, I have a few other moving parts, which may or may not be discussed at a later time. But um, it's a lot going on uh, in our lives just in general. I think we're at that age where it's just a lot of change. I'm old and tired and all I yeah. want to do is plant a garden. <laughs> I don't know about the planting of the garden thing, but I definitely agree with the old and tired. I'll, yeah. I will fully support that part of it. <laughs> I could have used a nap a few times this week. Yeah, I'm exhausted. So let's get into it so I can edit this I, and get it out. All good. right. So on September 7th, 1997, Hunters in North Carolina... And I looked this up, and if I butcher it, I am sorry. I did hear the pronunciation, but that was three days ago. So, uh, is Pisgah National Forest? Sounds uh, good to me. Yeah, close enough. Found human bones, clothing, and some other items scattered in the woods near a campground. The remains, most of which were around a shallow grave, were identified 
as belonging to a woman between the ages of 40 and 55 with a seriously arthritic knee. Due to the holes and cuts on her bra and similar cutting marks on the bones, investigators ruled that the unidentified decedent had been stabbed to death. But before we get into that. Wait, what? (laughs) Can't do that. We need to rewind a bit. All the way back to April 1996, about a year and a half previous. Oh my God, he's such an idiot. Go away. Samantha's dumbest cat is in, in, in the room. <laughs> really not, my, not my cat. But. All I see is his little nubbin. Because he doesn't have, he's a bobtail. So he has like this little tail. So, so I just see a stupid tail. Little Lay down. Swish, swish tail. I hate him. <laughs> uh, anyways, so we're rewinding about a year and a half previous in 1996. April 1996. Okay. Um. Judy Bradford was working as a home care nurse in the Boston area. And I know this is in Boston, Massachusetts, but this actually takes place between Boston, Massachusetts, Philadelphia, and Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. So there it is local, but just bear with me. Okay. They're, so, they're all so close together. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, in the Boston area. She met Jeffrey Smith, a lawyer, when she cared for his father for a week following the father's throat surgery in the mid-1980s. Jeffrey later recalled Judy's devotion to his father's care and how she used a window curtain rod in the absence of a proper holder for his father's IV bag. Oh. She was innovative. All right. Regular do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey was a divorcee with a grown daughter. The two began dating shortly after Judy care- cared for Jeffrey's father. And five months later, in September 1996, the two married. So they moved fast. Well, I mean, when you got a good one, you know it pretty quick. Yeah. Better, well, uh, quote unquote, snatch that one up. I don't know. It took my husband and I about 10 years to get married. <laughs> Well, there's a difference between not getting married because you don't feel the need to and this couple, apparently. Yeah, I guess true. Uh, eight months after they were married, Jeffrey was planning a trip to Philadelphia for a conference, and Judy was planning to go along with him. After the conference, the two planned to spend the rest of the week visiting friends in nearby New Jersey. When the couple arrived at Logan International Airport on April 9th, 1997 to check in for their flight to Philadelphia, Judy suddenly realized that she had forgotten to bring her driver's license. Minor problem. Well, if you remember back, you know, in the 80s and things like that, you didn't need identification to get on a plane. Uh, I mean, you needed something, but it didn't even have to have your picture on it, I don't think. No, yeah, and new FAA regulations at the time required the airlines verify passengers' identities before allowing them to fly, but this was a new rule that had come into effect like 18 months previously, mm. so it was it was pretty new. Judy told her husband she would return to their home to get it and then take a later flight that evening. 
She caught up to him in the lobby of the Doubletree Hotel in Center City, Philadelphia, where the conference was being held, apologizing for her mistake and bringing flowers. Which, cute. Yeah, right? Oh, sweet. The next morning, Jeffrey awoke before his wife and went downstairs to get breakfast. He returned to the room afterwards and found her awake in the shower. He told her the breakfast was exceptional and that she should have it for herself. (laughs) She joked in response that she should just go down as she was at the time, naked. Sure. Sounds familiar. This sounds like something you would say. Judy sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) Jeffrey left for the day's first session. The night before, the couple had agreed that Judy, who was making her first visit to Philadelphia, would go visit the city's tourist attractions, such as Independence Hall and the Liberty Bell. And then do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to some stupid conference. I've been to conference. I've been to like business trips, conferences with my husband and I went shopping while he was at a conference. Yeah, no, there's no reason to go through, through. There's no reason to put yourself through that. Yeah. Now I did do what they are suggesting that they do. So like they had uh, agreed to reunite at the hotel at the end of the day for a cocktail party at 6 PM, which I did do because yeah, all the enough. other companies were buying my booze. I mean, so. yeah. <laughs> free booze it's on yeah. their tab. Yeah. why not you'd have to be insane to say no to that yeah exactly when jeffrey finished moderating the last of the day's session he returned to their room but judy was not there he assumed she had returned changed and gone down to the party ahead of him um thinking that they had confused their plans instead of meeting up at the room she had just decided to go ahead and go down yeah When he went downstairs to check on this, however, she was not there. After going back and forth between the party and the room several times, he grew concerned and informed a concierge who began calling area hospitals. Oh, wow. There were many reasons why Judy might have been delayed, Jeffrey knew. She would not have thought twice to have helped a stranger in need as she had helped a sick passenger suffering from AIDS on another flight the year before. But if she did something like that, she usually called or tried to let someone know. Jeffrey left the cocktail party and paid a cab driver to slowly follow the route of the Philadelphia Flash tourist bus, which Judy had told him she was planning to use for any sign of her. He called his stepchildren in Boston and asked one of them to go to their house and check that their answering machine, check their answering machine for any messages. None of those options yielded any useful information. Finally, he went to Philadelphia police around midnight to report Judy missing. So he's like doing, doing it all. Mm -hmm. He's checking the whole list. Like he's doing all the things he's supposed to do. Yeah. 100%. The Philadelphia police told Jeffrey that he could not file a missing person report until 24 hours after he had laid eyes on Judy. Such BS. <laughs> Which it's so funny because like the other the other um uh episode uh, case that I have researched 
says the exact same thing. And it's from the same time period. And I was just like, or it's not from the same time period. It's from uh, 20 years earlier. And I'm just like, why? I, I can understand where they're coming from that a lot of people end up just turning up and it was like oh i just forgot to call you and i get that however considering that there's an entire show about how important the first 48 hours are and you're requiring that i not contact you until halfway through that time period that's a problem because then it takes you time to get started get your investigation together get all the information like yeah. I don't I don't think that that's something that they kind of insist on now, but at oh, the they time, don't. At the no. time, that was I, I can understand the mindset of we don't want to waste, quote unquote, waste police resources on somebody who's just going to show up tomorrow and didn't even realize that they had made you upset. Or they're but ultimately or... it doesn't matter because. I would rather you waste resources and the person's fine than not waste, quote unquote, waste the resources and that person could have been found if you just gotten started a little earlier yeah um for the most part like just to clarify there is no wait time to submit a missing person please don't wait the only deterrent that you're going to encounter is the police themselves and um sorry about it but not sorry um some police forces will say oh they're a runaway it will not, they still file it, but they won't work it. How old are they? Oh, yeah. they're a teenager. Oh, they're just, they're mad at mom and dad. Have they ever oh, they're, they're in their twenties. Oh, well, they just decided they wanted to go somewhere and didn't tell anybody. They're irresponsible. They're an adult. Yeah. They're an adult. If they're an adult. Oh, they wanted to be gone. If they, if they didn't want to be gone then they would, they would tell you if they didn't tell you, then they obviously just don't want you around. Yeah. Whatever. It's like, there's always an excuse, but Almost always when we have these stories, there's somebody that says, but that's just not like her. Like, she would not have done this. This is completely outside of her normal character. That's telling. Mm-hmm. Listen and to the people who know. As far as I can tell, this is outside of Judy's norm, for sure. Um, well, I mean, she seems pretty dang responsible. And if she didn't want to be with this guy... I feel like she could have found a lot of other ways to go about it than to just simply vanish. Yeah. Yeah. I While out of town with no contacts anywhere close by. Yeah. Cause what's the point in that? But we'll, we'll see. He recalls that a detective said that if he wanted to quote, push it, he could find, he could file his report in the morning after spending the remainder of the night sleepless in his hotel room he did which like by the morning it would have been 24 hours so Mm -hmm. suck my whole butthole um (laughs) jeffrey didn't take this laying down though before he did file a report he spoke to philadelphia mayor ed rendell and john perzel a member of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives from the city, who were both attending the conference about what he felt was the police's dismissive attitude to his complaint. He said later he believed those conversations had made a difference, 
as when he returned to the police station to make his report, two detectives were waiting to take it, and he was treated with courtesy and respect. He said he even overheard one saying on the telephone that Commissioner Richard Neal was to receive a copy of the report. Oh. So, hey. That's how you get stuff done. Go above people's heads. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, always follow the chain of command. But if you have the ability to. <laughs> if you're not getting anywhere with the current ladder or the rung on the ladder, continue to move up until said progress is made. Yeah. So this kicked off an investigation. Um, and of course the first person they're going to look at is dun, 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 Jeffrey. Obviously. Jeffrey said several months later, later that there was more, that there was some resistance. One detective he claimed was still saying four days later that he thought Judy had just had a midlife crisis and had done this just for attention. Bitch, what the fuck? I love how these people have these opinions about people. They have no idea who the hell they are. They've never even laid eyes on these people. But they have an opinion on what they the reason why they're gone. What? Oh, I just... Like... No. <laughs> That's it. No. <laughs> I mean, that's my thought process. I didn't ever think about it until I started doing these researching on these cases. But these police officers that say stuff like this have never seen this person in, like in real life. They've never had a conversation with this person. They've never met them whatsoever. All, of the, all they have to go on is maybe a picture and what the person who is reporting them missing is saying. And they're still going to be like, eh. She just wanted attention. Mm -hmm. How the fuck would you know? You don't know this person. Why would you make that assumption? Based because on the she... fact that she's a female of a certain age? Seriously? So, and that she has a vagina. And everybody I mean, knows that vagina carrying people are just so emotional. And, like, we've always started every war that's ever happened in this world. We're only emotional when we're flooded with testosterone. That should tell you something. Anyway, yeah. moving on. The detective later repeated that speculation with some qualifications to the Boston Globe. Jeffrey also believed the police, while cooperative overall, seemed to be inordinately focused on him as a suspect, which... To be fair. I mean, I understand that he's the husband, but he was in a conference all day. I mean, I feel like it's a pretty open and shut. If he has an alibi, then move on. But we've covered plenty of cases where that's just not how it goes. Well, the police had another theory. They expressed doubt. Based on absolutely no facts or evidence, right? Uh, one million bazillion percent. <laughs> I, I, have, I have a thought. Is it based on anything that you know? It's based I on... I know what women... I know what men in these situations do. That's, that's how I know what happened here. I'm it's... sorry. Shut up. <laughs> Shut all the way up. Sit back down. <laughs> Drink some more coffee. Your brain has not started functioning yet. Moving on. No. Can you guess what you think? What you th Can you guess what their theory might be? What their next theory might be? Um, that he had a mistress and that she ran into him and he killed her in a fit of rage. 
No, good, but even better. Police police expressed doubt that Judy had ever even been in Philadelphia to begin with. That would be very, very, very easy to corroborate. Can't what they there is a ticket involved. There are check-in people at the hotel. Like do minimal amount of investigation and you can prove whether that's right. Oh my god. They're Reasoning there, for this. There's got to be people that were even with him that are probably staying in the hotel that he probably introduced her to because they passed by in the lobby or something. So, well, there was a person. People that could corroborate the fact that she was there. <laughs> there was a person at the check in desk who recognized her. There was somebody in the airport who recognized her. All of those things. But here's why they have that theory. And this is their thought process in this. And this is why I brought up the driver's license. I can't thing. wait to hear it. Okay. Judy was apparently an experienced traveler who had once gone to Thailand on her own to visit family of a grateful patient. So how had she, of all people, forgotten her driver's license? Because she's a freaking human. There's a pretty simple explanation, though. Because it had changed... It had only gone into effect less than two years before. Well, when did she take that trip to Thailand? I don't know. But her, her trip... Uh, her, might, I think, I'm just saying that might not have even been a requirement at the time. So saying yeah. that doesn't justify or explain anything. Being an experienced traveler, if they make a change in the rules on how you're allowed to travel, doesn't, in the past like year and a half, like it just doesn't... Even an experienced... Look. All right. I am an experienced talker on cell phones. However, I will still sometimes look for my cell phone while I'm talking on it. I literally do that every time so, I'm on the phone. Anybody can make a mistake. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, even if she knew she was traveling, she's like, oh, I got the driver. My driver's license is in my purse. And then she goes to look at, look in her purse. She's like, oh, crap. That's right. I took my ID out for this reason. Mm-hmm. I've done that multiple times. And then I pray that I don't get pulled over on my way home from work because I don't have my driver's license because that would be my luck. Probably. But that's what? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like, I literally, it's just, you know, the, it must have been really hard to be a police officer way back when because you, this isn't you know, even that long ago. 97. You had to use your brain a lot because you couldn't use facts or evidence. You just had to think up what happened and figure it out all on your own. I think my favorite saying uh, that my father-in-law has said recently, he was talking about specific people and it was like a group of people. And he was like, between all of them, they're sharing a brain cell. And it seems like they loaned it out for today. <laughs> Fair enough. And I feel like this analogy, <laughs> it's great. I mean, I, just, <laughs> I always wonder, is it incompetence or is it laziness? I think it's both. Situations? I think it's both. I mean, are they just, are they actually incompetent or are they just purely lazy and they actually do know how to do their job? They're just refusing to do so. Well, there's, well... That, I mean, I, I ask that question about a lot of people I work with. So well, this is not only for. <laughs> I get, I get some hot take opinions when it comes to <laughs> police officers and law enforcement. But uh, we're going to keep that in to myself. Days. Yeah. I mean, this was 30 years ago. Yeah. Roughly. 
Roughly. According to police, actually, no, it's 2023, 1997. 26 years. Yeah. According to police, only one other witness, a desk clerk, could corroborate um, Jeffrey on having seen Judy at the hotel, which did not have a guest register until another conference attendee recalled in August that he had seen her in the lobby when she arrived. Even so, police were still cautious since he did not know Judy personally. Like, then... I mean, to be fair, he could have introduced anybody as her. If she didn't pull out her driver's license with her picture and said, hey, here's proof of I am who I am. Like... But they showed a pit. They showed it. Well, we'll get into that. Um, I mean, they went around showing pictures of her. Yeah, true. So, a female detective who searched the Smith's hotel room said it struck her as unusual that the clothes Judy left behind did not appear to have been worn at all, suggesting she had worn the same clothes both on her flight from Boston and the day she disappeared. Nor did she appear to have brought any cosmetics. Which, like, first off, bitch, mind your own business. Um, also, could she not have taken those clothes with her? Well, it's no, it's just like... I mean, she could have changed her clothes and taken the clothes she had already worn, plus the clothes she was currently wearing, which were new clothes. And she could have just taken those with her. She's missing. Same thing with the cosmetic cosmetics. That Just because they're not there doesn't mean she doesn't have them with her. I don't always travel with cosmetics. I don't always wear cosmetics. I don't... I, and some days, I don't now, but I used to. Like, some days I wear the same thing two days in a row. Like, And I have, like, a travel kit, like, with certain cosmetics that I use that are just the basics that are just yeah. in a bag that I just grab and put in my purse if I feel like I might need them. I mean, I'm not going to get on a plane and then wear the same clothes the next day. No. Because planes not. are gross. But, like, back then, people didn't think planes were that gross. I mean, they're disgusting. Planes are nasty. Um <laughs> They were probably still smoking on planes at that point. I think they were. (laughs) But the whole point being is like, sometimes I will wear the same thing the next day. Especially if I'm like traveling, if I'm driving from here to Alabama, like I might wear the same thing. Actually, I think I did. I wore the same thing to your house the next day, even though like I took a shower when I got there and all that stuff. It was just like, what's the point in changing? Yeah. But whatever. Yeah, I mean, okay, it, it's it's an observation, that's fine. It is. But her daughter said that this was typical be- travel behavior for her mother. So you have somebody who is close to her coming out and saying this is typical of her as well. Yet again. <laughs> Yet again. Police were also pretty sketched out by the fact that Jeffrey refused to take a lie detector test, which... I would have refused to. I will and would have refused. So that doesn't mean anything to me. Just means he doesn't want to set himself up for failure. And you have to remember, Jeffrey's a lawyer, so he understands the legal systems. He understands the ramifications for him Mm -hmm. taking a lie detector test. But he didn't just refuse. Like me, I would straight out refuse. Like, I just would... Samantha, if you went missing and I was with you when you went missing, 
I still wouldn't take a lie detector test. I love you to death. I'd do anything to help the investigation. Lie detector test isn't going to tell them anything. The only thing that can possibly do is hurt you. Because if you pass the lie detector test, they're just not going to use it. Yeah. And I They're not going to say, oh, you're not guilty. They're just going to keep looking at you and find something else. And I suffer from debilitating anxiety and panic attacks. Do you really think I'm going to pass a lie detector test even when Oh my gosh, she was lying. Uh, Sir, she just said what her name was. (laughs) I think she's going in cardiac. Just confirmed her name. (laughs) So, yeah, but... You know, Smith, uh, yes, she's lying. She was with her the day she came. She disappeared. Why are we... I don't understand. Just go ahead. <laughs> yeah. But okay. Inconclusive. <laughs> but that's not why Jeffrey refused to take a lie detector test. So to clear this up a little bit, he refused to take one administered by that police department. Fair. He requested police have the FBI administer the test. And if he passed, the police would formally request that the FBI assist in the investigation, which I believe police have to formally invite request the FBI assistance on investigations. Like FBI can't just step in and be like, yo, uh, we're taking over your shit. I think unless it, unless it like goes across state lines, I think it's it's clearly a federal crime. Yeah. So Uh, Police departments have to request FBI assistance. That makes sense. Um, So Jeffrey knew like what he was doing. Imagine that didn't happen too often. No. No. So to me, that's pretty smart. That's very smart. It's it's a bargaining tool. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't feel like that sounds like something a guilty person would do. No, no. The police did snap back at this accusation and said they arranged for the, this is so fucking stupid. They arranged for the, do you think they got the FBI to help? No, no, no. They they did one better. They got the Massachusetts state police to administer the test. But Jeffrey still refused. Yeah, because that's not what he asked for. (laughs) I wrote in my notes. It said, which, bro, like, that's not the FBI. No, not even close. <laughs> I think so. Close, but not quite. Yeah. Also, they're doing this to a lawyer. They don't think the lawyer is going to be like, hmm, no, that's not what I said. Yeah. Which, he's actually a lawyer for, like, a pharmaceutical company, and they do, like, he's not even in, like, criminal law. Yeah, but I feel like that's basics. Yeah, I, yeah, same. Um, I mean, they have to have like general. I, I'm. I would assume they would have some kind of generalized courses for things before they specialize. So I, I can imagine that that kind yeah. of thing would be covered, considering it's your legal rights as an American citizen. Yeah, uh, probably. Jeffrey wasn't backing down though. Like he was done with his bullshit, and he ended up um, hiring two private investigators to aid in the search for his wife. Like, bro, pop off. Let's go. Um, He's doing everything he can. Yeah. He distributed copies of his wife's missing person flyer to the hospitals all over the country and asked them to keep an eye out for her. So to me, he seems genuine. Like, 
Seems like it. In the days after Judy disappeared, Philadelphia newspapers and television ran stories about the case. Jeffrey and friends and family put up flyers with her picture seeking information. These led to reports of sightings, some of which Jeffrey found credible. Most were in the city, but later reports came from outside the city. A number of reports described a woman who matched Judy's description, but appeared to have psychological issues. She was described by staff at a Society Hill Hotel as their weirdo of the week. When she stayed there between April 13th and 15th, signing in as hk.rich/collins. While there, she masturbated in front of an open window, spoke to herself in tongues, and then loudly claimed the emperor would wire her money when she needed to extend her stay. Oh, wow. Another report mentioned a woman at the junction of Broad and Locust Streets around 3 p.m. on the day Judy was last seen, describing the woman as disoriented. There were some other reports of a similar woman also apparently disturbed in the Penn's Landing neighborhood. A flash stop uh, on popular tourist attractions as well. But both the police and the family believe that those who saw her confused Judy with a homeless woman, or an unhoused woman, sorry, that was a quote, in the area who strongly resembled her. So much that even Judy's son, that the woman, sorry, so much that even Judy's son thought the woman was his mother when he saw her from across the street. So this unhoused woman looks so much like Judy that her son thought she looked like her as well. Okay. Um, one other unhoused man in Penn's Landing, when shown Judy's picture, insisted he had seen her and not the other unhoused woman sleeping on a bench next to him the night before. On April 15th, he told the family that they had just missed this woman. But they were unable to locate her in the vicinity. The family believed this was significant because it was the last time anyone had identified Judy based on seeing her picture. Sightings that seemed a more positive identification were centered around a flash bus and its route. A hotel employee said she had asked later on the morning of April 10th where she could catch the bus nearby. A driver said he had picked her up at Front and South Streets early in the afternoon and may have let her off near the hotel. She was also reportedly seen entering and leaving the city's Greyhound bus ter- terminal, possibly to use the bathroom, her family believes. The terminal is near Philadelphia's Chinatown, and since Judy loved Chinese and Thai food, she might have gone there to eat. However, no one at any of the many restaurants in the neighborhood recalled seeing her. Another report surfaced that Judy had been seen shopping for dresses at Macy's in the Deptford Mall in Deptford Township, New Jersey, across the Delaware River. She could have gotten there, they realized, via 
New Jersey Transit Bus Route 400, which makes hourly runs to the mall from Market Street and Center City and the intersection of Broadway and Cherry Streets. A salesperson and customer at Macy's gave an account of the actions of a woman there who may have been Judy, saying she had said she was shopping for her daughter even though her daughter often disliked what she bought her, which rang true to her family and giving a description that included the distinctive red backpack she carried almost everywhere, especially when she when traveling. As the woman left, they recalled she had tried to get a younger woman, whom they assumed at the time was the woman's daughter, to leave with her. And I want to remind you, her daughter wasn't with her on this trip. Right. So that might not be Judy. But I'm kind of leaning towards more it probably was Judy, and they mistook an interaction at the end because Judy had that red backpack. And I don't know a lot of people who carry around backpacks except for myself. Well, nowadays, though. I mean, in the 90s. There was was a hot minute that backpacks, like smaller than normal backpacks, like not your school book bags, but like that was your purse. Mm -hmm. For a hot minute, those were really popular. I don't remember if it was around that time. But I thought fanny packs were like the thing back then. Well, you had some of that, too. Um, but I, I just remember because I wanted one so bad for the longest time that I couldn't afford to get one. Yeah. I don't remember what year I mean, that was, though. It would have been the 90s, later ni- late 90s. I still use a fanny pack, too. So I, Teach I love my fanny pack. <laughs> uh, there were also reports that she had been seen in Easton. 55 miles north of Philadelphia, a few days after going missing. Jeffrey Smith finds another report from Philadelphia, quote, more credible. A private investigator he had hired told a reporter that later in the week, a man told Smith he had been leaving a Wawa near Rittenhouse Square on his way to work just before 6 a.m. when he saw a, quote, well-dressed, white woman sitting outside a nearby gourmet grocery store, a sight he found unusual for the time of day. Later, he saw a newspaper article on the case and realized the woman looked a lot like Judy. So, these are all the sightings that we've seen around Philadelphia. There are going to be a few more sightings, but before we get to them, I want to go back to the remains we found at the beginning of the story. Okay, good. I didn't know if you were getting back to that or not. (laughs) No, I just threw it in there just as a a fun. Here you go. You and I have different Uh, definitions of fun, but go on. The remains did not remain unidentified for long. An emergency room physician in Franklin, North Carolina. And I want to remind everyone, these remains were found right outside of Asheville, North Carolina. Hundreds of miles away Mm -hmm. from Philadelphia. So an emergency room physician in Franklin, North Carolina, 65 miles west of Asheville, saw an article about the discovery in the newspaper. He connected it to one of the flyers Jeffrey had sent out and faxed a copy of the article to the Philadelphia police. A detective there asked Jeff- 
two, two in one episode. A detective there asked Jeffrey for his wife's dental records, which he provided. They were then sent to the medical examiner in Asheville using her dental records. The remains were positively identified as those of Judy Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so far away, though. But okay, keep going. Uh-huh. While the discovery of Judy's remains ended the missing person investigation, the homicide investigation that started posed new questions for the detectives with the Buncombe County Sheriff's Office, which took the lead role. In order to identify her killer, they would probably need to figure out how she got to North Carolina in the first place. Uh, fucking duh. That would be where I would start. (laughs) Yeah. The evidence found with her bones suggested she had been with someone else, possibly whoever killed her, and that she had been alive when she reached the Asheville area, which like, okay. The statement before that was a duh thing. No kidding. Yeah. But okay. Most significantly, her leg bones were still clad in jeans, thermal underwear, and hiking boots. Hmm. These were not clothes she was wearing when Jeffrey or any of the other witnesses who might have seen her in Philadelphia saw her, but they were what she might have worn while hiking in the mountains around Asheville in mid-April. Yeah, that was the other thing I was thinking about, because it's not even just so far away. The terrain is completely different. Yeah. And, like, I've... Look, I fucking love Asheville. I go there... We go there every year for our anniversary. Um, I've been there around April. It is pretty cold uh, and rainy. But, like... She was prepared. Mm-hmm. She was prepared to hike. So either is... somebody bought her that stuff, which seems odd if they kidnapped her, or she was there willingly and prepared. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Uh, I'm just like, uh. um, but also no wallet or other identification was found in her pockets. Mm-hmm. A blue and black vinyl backpack was found with the body. In it were winter clothes and $80 in cash. A shirt was buried nearby, also had $87 in the pocket. The combined $167 is consistent with the $200 Jeffrey believed Judy to have had on her at the time of her disappearance. The presence of the money and her wedding ring have led investigators to conclude that robbery was not the motivation for her killing. However, her red backpack was not found, nor other clothes she was wearing when last seen. Judy's family also said that an expensive pair of sunglasses found near the bones were not hers as far as they knew. Judy's family cannot imagine why she might have gone to Ash to the Asheville area. According to them, she never expressed any desire to go there and had only twice been to that general region of the country. Once she had visited Jeffrey for a week when he was at a weight loss clinic in Raleigh, in like the Raleigh Durham area on another occasion, occasion she had accompanied a patient on a drive South as he visited family to either who either lived closer in North Carolina to Asheville or in a neighboring 
area of Virginia or Tennessee. The family, it's like memories are different. Mm -hmm. Judy was also seen by several people in the Asheville area. Or a woman who matched her description was seen in April. A clerk at a local retailer said she seemed very alert to me. She was very pleasant. I didn't see anything about her that would indicate that she wasn't right in any way. The woman she talked to said her husband was an attorney from Boston. All of that matches. Mm -hmm. Attending a conference in Philadelphia and during the time she had just decided to go to to the Asheville area. Which, like, all of that matches up. But why would she just, like, just leave Philadelphia and go to Asheville? Well, and... Why wouldn't she tell her husband? Yeah. Yeah. Not tell anybody. And her her kids. She wouldn't tell her kids? I just... She had amnesia or something. (laughs) There's been some weird reports of something like that happening. But, like, she remembers that her husband's an attorney. Yeah. And, listeners, I'm sorry, you're going to hear banging in the background. That is my dog playing with a puzzle toy. Um, trying to stimulate her uh, mind. So, uh, dementia's a bitch mm-hmm. for a dog. Anyway. An employee at the Biltmore Estate also recalled seeing Judy at a campground near where her body was found. The owner recalls that she drove up in a gray sedan filled with boxes and bags, asked if she could spend the night there in her car, and drove away after learning she could not. A deli owner in the same area told Philadelphia... (laughs) Philadelphia... Uh, Philadelphia City Paper that Judy came up to her store in a gray sedan and bought $30 worth of sandwiches and a toy truck. Okay. Which, so, I mean, that would account for, like, if she had $200, they found, what, $167, $30 worth of hot dogs and, for some reason, a toy truck. Like, did yeah, she have a toy little truck, kid? really. <laughs> but Okay. Uh, I don't know. Local investigators considered these sightings credible without any explanation. Which, like, my question was, and I tried to figure out this. She was apparently in a gray sedan. Like, multiple people have described this gray sedan. But they never found a gray sedan linked to her. There's no gray sedan linked to her in any way. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of a, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not a very detailed description. Gray sedan could be a lot of different vehicles. Well, yeah, true. That's true. And gray to like, somebody could be like silver. So if you're include everything along those lines that's not narrowing it down very much well and if you're talking to a man it could mean anything that was on the side of blue so (laughs) true (laughs) i'm sorry i know that there are some men who listen to this podcast 
Actually, I think our demographic is pretty even, uh, male and female. So, don't want to not bash now. Uh, investigators. So, all right, we're done with the sightings. Okay, I want to get into the theories that they have on this. Okay, and this, my my God. So, are they at least a the little pl- bit better than the ones you've already <laughs> voiced earlier? <laughs> No. (laughs) Here's the thing. What I'm about to say is going to make you sick. This police department, I just... mm. Investigators with the Buncombe County Sheriff's Office have ruled out Jeffrey Smith, who died in 2005, as a suspect. Since... Since... Just, oh my fucking God, seriously. He was ruled out because he was morbidly obese and they believed he would have been, would not have been able to physically take his wife's body up the slope to where it was found. Wow. That's their reasoning. Like. Okay. They have just shit on Jeffrey this entire time. He's been in the public eye since he reported her missing, basically. Uh, Yeah. It would take some time to get to where she was. When did he find time to do that? Uh, Yeah. Well, and also, his presence at the conference during the day Judy disappeared has also been corroborated. Which, like, they should have fucking done that to begin with, but whatever. Wow. The so while Buncombe County Sheriff's Office has grossly ruled him out in a very just gross way, um, the Philadelphia police, however, never completely eliminated him as a suspect, who were the original people who were constantly up his ass. Wow. Sam Constance, the Buncombe uh, detective who investigated the case, believes. Judy was not abducted and came to Asheville area voluntarily. Constance also did not believe Judy was killed elsewhere and dumped at that site. Due to the distance, anyone, even someone in the best physical condition, would have had to carry her body to dispose of it there. While Jeffrey... And her children did not say there had been any problems in the marriage. One of the fr- one of her friends said otherwise. At the time this happened, Jeff and Judy's marriage was very tenuous. Carolyn Dickey told Unsolved Mysteries in 2001. I believe that something did happen that triggered her to want to have some time away from Jeff. So there's a theory that she just left. No note. Nothing to her kids. And for some reason, she was buying a dash she had in her pocket. Yeah. Would she only spent $30 of it, around $30 of it, and somehow ended up in a gray sedan with a gray sedan, all new clothes, and was buying children's toys? Like, how does any of this make sense? Doesn't add up at all. It sounds like grasping for anything. Yeah. Yeah. 
Although some of Judy's jewelry was missing, the presence of most of it and cash suggested that robbery was not the motive for the killing. It has also been suggested that she might have encountered a local serial killer who had less than a year earlier left the raped and murdered body of one of his victims tied to a tree not far away. However, that killer, Gary Michael Hilton, was later arrested and convicted of that crime as well as several other killings on hiking trails in National Forest in the Southern Appalachian Mountain during 2000s. Mm. He's back in here, baby! <laughs> uh, and has not been linked to Smith's killing. Um, the state of North Carolina and Jeffrey combined the offer uh, seventeen to offer a $17,000 reward for any information regarding the resolution of the case and that that my friend is the case of judy i don't like these cases you know that there's just too many not i don't like not having an answer might i remind you that the reason we started doing this was to point out cases that needed solutions that was your and this is one of them the other Whatever. one, the, uh, that was one of them. The other one was to talk about cases that not everybody talks about. This one, uh, this one has a lot of information on it, and it's been covered on like lesser known podcasts, but like none of the podcasts we listen to. Hmm. So, and it's been on Unsolved Mysteries. But wow, good job! Oh, thanks, no, thanks. My yeah, I know. So it really what, hurt what the whole thoughts? Pennsylvania to to North Carolina from, thing is really bugging me. Like that just doesn't well, make and she's sense. she's from Boston, and she went she went from Boston to Pennsylvania to well, North Carolina. Sorry. Boston's over here. She went to Pennsylvania down and over here, and then she went to North Carolina. And which, like, I've driven to Pennsylvania from North Carolina, and that shit sucks. <laughs> Because you're going through the mountains and like, oh my god! Just, well, I mean, in that time of the year too, uh, like, there's probably snow. I just I don't feel I don't feel like that was likely. Yeah, I I I think maybe, uh, it might have been quote unquote quote unquote voluntary. Um, if by that you mean she wasn't dragged, um how much of this was actually her idea. I highly doubt any of it was. So um, like she was coerced yeah. into going with somebody. I, th- I think that's a more likely story. Yeah. My thought was, okay. So my thought was, let's say, and I didn't, I didn't come up with this until I was telling you about this. And I kind of made that point about her being in the Macy store. So if the story about her being in Macy's looking for clothing for her daughter was true, let's say that's true, but it's not her daughter that was there. It was another young woman and she was trying to help this young woman. Yeah. And maybe this young woman, and this is a stretch. This is me coming up with a narrative that I was thinking in my head. Maybe this young woman had a child. They were in a precarious situation. Judy decided she wanted to help them 
escape whatever situation they were in. Yeah, maybe. I still feel like she would have reached out, though. But what if she was afraid of somebody finding them? Maybe. And maybe she knew who this woman was. Now, I don't know who would have killed her. I mean, I don't... it's possible. It's, I mean, it, that's the thing at this point, because so little is known, it's kind of everything's possible, but... Yeah, but the whole, like, with no word, nothing, going from Philadelphia, first off, she's from Boston, went to Philadelphia, disappeared into from Philadelphia hundreds of miles away in Asheville, outside of Asheville. What is the point in all this? I mean, that's the thing. What is the point? Has she even ever been there before? No. So, just why? Yeah, why? No, she's never been there before. The closest she's been has been, like, Durham, Raleigh area. And then, like, I think Tennessee. Yeah, that's just random. Yeah, it's it's so random. Anyway. I mean, if you were going to tie it to that other guy. She went missing in Pennsylvania. That's not even close to. Yeah, that's, that doesn't even make sense. That's the whole crux of it is like she went missing from another state, from another city that she didn't know anyone in. Like the only people she knew were in New Jersey, close to there. Well, but who's. But, and here's the other thing even if, okay, let's say it's something nefarious happened and somebody took her. Why would they go to North Carolina? <laughs> like, why are they in Pennsylvania and then drive to North Carolina? Yeah, exactly. That's the case. That's, that's still odd. It still doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Unless she had a family member that was in. See, I don't know whose family it was that they were seeing in New Jersey. Unless she had a family member in New Jersey who needed help escaping like a domestic violence situation. And she was like, you know what? I'll help you. And she thought of the most random place. Asheville. That'd be pretty random compared to where they lived. Because and New, then you New also, England into North Carolina in the mountains. Yeah. And if you have, you think about it, like she, if the sighting of her getting a hot dog in that toy truck was true, $30 worth of hot dogs in 1997 is a hell of a lot of hot That's dogs. That's what I was thinking when you said that. I was like, $30 worth of sandwiches? Like, what? Which, and I don't know how much the toy truck was, but even if she spent like $15 on hot dogs in 1997, like a hot dog was 50 cents. I remember getting hot dogs back then. Definitely, definitely seems uh, she was buying it for more than herself. Yeah. Or buying for days, which wouldn't make any sense because you don't have any way to like store it of course i don't know what you know whatever but yeah that struck me as odd when you said that it's just a lot of hot dogs i i mean the amount of that and then also the truck was just okay yeah yeah that's why i'm like maybe she was helping somebody yeah escape some type of situation and maybe that person caught up to them maybe yeah but that's like i'm just i'm I'm throwing shit at the wall, seeing if it sticks. You know, <laughs> I don't really know. I think that, that's kind of all they, I mean, that's all they can really do at this point too, is just, yeah. this could be it. Well, this could be it. I think they should let go of this guy though, because it's Jeffrey. made pretty clear he had nothing to do with it, but 
whatever. Yeah. It was just like the police, two different police departments just like shit all over him. They're just like, oh, he's, you know, your wife didn't even come on this trip. You're a liar. Like, you're not taking a lie detector test. And the next one's like, nah, he couldn't have done it. He's super fat. Like, Basically. bro. <laughs> Maybe what? they need to start thinking about, you know, my gut's telling me that this guy probably didn't do it. And he talks really smooth. Oh, no, he did it. Because it seems like. You guys are steered very wrong ever on on a very regular basis. The ones that are clearly guilty, you're like, oh, no, he didn't do it. He sounds cool. But the ones that didn't, you're like, oh, no, there's something fishy about him because he won't take a lie detector test. Yeah. You can kiss my entire ass. Maybe instead of talking about football in the in the (laughs) interrogation room, you should start asking questions. I don't know. It's just, it, it seems like that happens a lot. It's almost like they get a camaraderie with the ones that are guilty because they, they're smooth talkers. Well, duh. I mean, yeah. Ted Bundy. There you go. All I got to say is if this guy did it, he had some serious balls <laughs> to do the stuff that he was doing. Cause like out in the spotlight, trying to make it obvious, he, he either was extremely sure of himself and he actually was correct, which Ted Bundy was not. He was very sure of himself and he was incorrect because he was an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe, but you also no. have all of this. So oh, I don't know, evidence and these uh, other people that can cooperate where he was at these times. I think he probably well, didn't just- do it. I think you wasted other a lot thing, of time looking at him. Yeah, I think they wasted a lot of time looking at him. But even once they found his body and her, sorry, her body in Asheville, and he, he had been, you know, sending out flyers across the country. He'd been going to different places across the country. He was out actively searching. Like, how is during that time? How is he supposed to have taken her? From Philadelphia to Asheville during that time when he was in the spotlight the whole time. It's not possible. It's not possible. So, but Philadelphia Police Department has not ruled him out as a suspect. Okay. Okay. I just did a jerk off motion for anyone who can't see, which is everybody except for Samantha. Um. Anyways, so that's my case. Some of us are fortunate. Some of us are not. (laughs) Uh, good job, me. Uh, good job, you, for being here and, you know, talking to me. Uh, good job, listeners. You're all great. Samantha, where can our listeners find us on the social stuff? On uh, Instagram and Facebook at Rupert Tales Podcasts. What about, where can they email us? You can email us at reapergals at reapertales.com. Uh, email us your suggestions, email us to tell us we are terrific storytellers and we're very pretty and things like that. Do not email us to ask to promote our podcast. We've had a lot uh, of those. Straight to the trash can. Um, <laughs> Please like, rate, review, subscribe on whatever listening channel that you use. Uh, bonus points if you do that on other listening channels that you don't use. We really appreciate it. We love you lots. We do. We definitely do. And until next time, 
I'm going to make a weird edit at the end of this. So Samantha has a little Easter egg to come to when she <laughs> listens to it later. Love you. Mean it. Bye. That was a dramatic yawn. It's quite dramatic. The Reaper will come.